0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Instead, it's a set play. It's a high pick and roll with Favors and Hill. Hill drives for the left side of the floor. Lobs it back to Favors. Little push shot. Short. Gobert tip. Yes! With 27.5 seconds left. The at Front combining the two for the Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day, It is Locked on Jazz for the 9th of January. The Jazz go to Memphis on the 5th game in 7 nights. And it's a hashtag NBA schedule? Or is it a more important loss? And what's wrong with the Jazz offense? We'll look at that, plus a deep dig on Rodney Hood's little slump. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How how are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, should have a good mid-season Eastern Conference reports coming out this week on uh, Locked On NBA for you, so stay tuned for that. Uh, should be a lot of fun on that end of things. And then uh, the Locked On Podcast Network on the NFL side has all of the latest coaching news uh, taking place for you. Uh, as well as the playoff. The Packers show was all fired up this morning. The Broncos show, uh, getting into the coaching thing. So lots of good things for you on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, if you do not know, I'm David Locke. I'm the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and I host this thing for you every Monday through Friday. We'll give you a little breakdown of what's going on with the Jazz and the rest of the NBA. You can subscribe on iTunes as well as whatever your podcatcher is. You can also get it on the web at uh, 1280 The Zone or weareutahjazz.com. Uh, Thanks so much for subscribing, and we do appreciate the uh, five-star uh, reviews that have been given out. Today's show is brought to you by Gemalto and SeatGeek. Glad to have them aboard. Dan Spence and Jamalto will help your company's data and important information stay safe. And SeatGeek will get you into games with the easiest mechanism possible with the promo code LOJAZ, You'll get $20 back on your first purchase. Today's show, we'll look at the Jazz loss and a little bit of the road trip as well, since we didn't, uh, we haven't chatted since the Saturday game against minnesota so we'll chat about both those two ball games and the road trip as a whole the jazz offense is not very good recently it's over the last 15 games it's ranked 26th in the league the last 10 games it's ranked 24th the last five games it's ranked 25th and we'll try to figure out how disconcerting that is and whether there's something uh that's taking place that we should be concerned about there and then rodney hood's not having that third-year breakout season uh, that we had hoped, and we'll try to dig into why that is the case. So those are the three things that are on the docket today. Uh, let's find out what you've sent me in regards to pins across the world. This is how we open every single segment. You can send me a little email at dlock09 at com and tell me, uh, where you're listening and how you became a jazz fan or just an NBA fan. Uh, we'd like to know your story as part of our Locked On Jazz community. Uh, hi, I'm Cody Ryan, and I'm writing this after getting back from the jazz loss in Oakland, where I was able to say hi and shake your hand after the game. Nice of you, Cody. Thank you. I'm currently in the Bay Area for a couple of weeks for work, but I'm a Salt Lake home. I grew up in peace in Utah, and I have a lot of good memories of watching the jazz during the height of Stockton, Maloney, and my family on the couch. My interest in basketball waned somewhat during my high school and college years. There are distractions. Uh, But when I finished college, started working full-time in early 2009. I started Swing Shift, where I discovered the Jazz radio broadcast and call the games. I immediately had a great appreciation for your enthusiasm and positive attitude for the Jazz, especially over the next couple of years when it seemed that all any conversation I heard were complaints about Ty Corbin or Big Al's lack of defense. I now work a day shift, so I catch most games on TV. But I look forward to listening to Locked on Jazz every morning. My wife and I watch or listen to every Jazz game together, and we're excited to see what the Jazz can do this year. I really appreciate all the hard work that you put in to your Jazz coverage. And I'm happy to see the Lockdown Network growing. Jazz fan base is very lucky to have you. Well, that's nice. I'm lucky to have all you guys. Cody, appreciate it. That's Cody Ryan. He's actually in peace in Utah. Was in the Bay Area for a little while. Hope you enjoyed your stay in the Bay Area. Took in the Ferry Building and all the good things that San Francisco has to offer. All right, let's get to our tip-off story of the day. Uh, Let's talk about both the last two games. Uh, Really, the road trip as a whole, maybe. Uh, I don't find... That, that that's a trip that kinda went exactly as you would anticipate. You might have hoped, uh and that's all it would have been, is that the Jazz could have got a third game on the trip, but the Jazz really did exactly I think what you would anticipate a team doing. They went to Bro- Brooklyn, got a got us a, a win against a not as good team, uh played Boston and Toronto without uh their start our starting point guard. There aren't a lot of teams that are gonna win in Boston and Toronto this year anyway. Um, though I think Houston just went and did it. Uh, Houston's pretty dang good. I mean, that's uh, Houston uh, with their group relatively healthy without Clint Capella and, and rocking. And Toronto, by the way, had a brutal stretch there. Toronto played us and then went back out on the road and then played home again. It was almost like their ninth straight road game. So, you know, teams are going to get Toronto every now and then at home, but but with, with some real, um, you know, not a lot of regularity uh, and, and Lowry has had a few of these games recently where the burden seems to be a lot on him, and last night was one of them. He was two of seven, uh, and James Harden is on another planet, so that's just maybe a little bit of a different uh, discussion, but, but but I mean, you look at those teams, they, they're they good, and they're not going to lose at home a lot, and they got an all-star point guard against, we were playing a second, a backup point guard and Shelvin Mack, and we got torched, and at both points in that game, the point guard play got to the point where Quinn went without a point guard, and both times it didn't work. Uh, not you know one time more severely than the other, then the jazz went to Minnesota and pulled off a pretty remarkable win. Uh, Minnesota pulled off a pretty remarkable loss too, and that 's the game that really sides where the uh, where the road trip went. You know that made the road trip okay. Two and three it 's okay and three and two would have been great, four and one would have been out of this world'm uh, not you know, I think the, there 's probably about three teams in the league that could go do this road trip at four and one and we 're not, we're not those teams. And uh, they lose last night to Memphis. You know, part of getting behind in Minnesota and not playing very well and forcing yourself to use as much energy as you did late in the game to come back probably parlayed into the loss to Memphis uh, last night. Uh, and at NBA, Baxter Holmes at ESPN did a uh, piece early this year uh, on what they called scheduling losses. It was an interesting... Um, It was an interesting piece, and I buy it. I mean, I I live it, and so I can tell when you just feel like you've just been out there a little too long or um, there's a back-to-back that's brutal. And so um, they they had this this piece they did last year on scheduling losses, and last night was the number one, I think, scheduling loss they had uh, for the Jazz all season. Um, that was the game that they had put out there. They had, you know, a list a bunch of games that where you're gonna end up having a scheduling loss and uh I think that the Jazz hit it. I don't remember if it made the the top ten uh overall, but it, it was in there somewhere. Um but, you know, I don't know if I mean I do know what I think of it. I, I think it's real, frankly. Uh and they and I think we have another one coming up here. Uh, in the middle of January, that they have down as a partic- it might particularly kind of brutal uh, road road sequence, but you know that 's just a you know that 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 's what the league is and I, I thought that was part of last night. you had two even teams playing uh, and and they uh, and we you know if we 're off by a little bit, we lose now let 's get into some of the details like you score seventy nine points something you know is is something up and uh, one of the things that to me looks a little off right now is just if you kind of look at where the Jazz are offensively, the, it doesn't feel right. Uh, and one of the things is we just don't have a lot of guys that can beat you one on one. And so Rods is not getting by guys. Gordon can a little bit, but in his in his own unique way, excuse me, he's he's going by guys, and it's not in that. It's not you know just a it's not a James Harden or Russell Westbrook beat. It's kind of a step back and pull back. And those are not the highest percentage shots in the world. And so you start to look at, well, all right, well, what happens when we run all this pick action and we're moving – what what teams are doing is they're, they're switching the pick and rolls and getting mismatches, and the teams that are then in turn causing us um, – a great deal of problems are those teams, such as Memphis, who with Michael Green are able to switch one through f- four, and, and this is really unif- – I mean, they do this to a lot of teams, is they switch one through four, and therefore then we're not able to, um, we're not able to handle it. La- last night's defensive rating, I'm pretty certain, was the worst we've had all season long. Uh, or offensive rating was the worst we've had all season long. But the league average is 104. We haven't been really very good for a while. If you go back to the Memph in Memphis last time, we had a 94. Then we went to the Warriors, had a 75. Then um, we finally in our in our game after after the Warriors, our offensive rating was 106. Uh, I'm trying to find where that game against Sacramento, who's not a good defensive team, we were above average. Against Toronto, we dropped to 100. Against the Lakers, who are the worst defensive team in the league, we went back up to 111. Against Philly, who's one of the worst defensive teams, went to 108. Then all of a sudden against Phoenix, who's not good defensively, we went 108. Brooklyn, we were at 102. Boston, we actually had a really good offensive game. We just did not have a good defense game. And then Toronto, we were at 104 right on league average again. So our offense has not been right here for some time. Now, you know, the easy answer on this is uh just on on some levels just well you were playing without George Hill and that that might be true um it also seems to attach a little bit to when Rodney Hood lost his bearings a little bit so I don't I don't know what entirely or is it just time of the season scouting report people figuring out our systems and what we're running we we Quinn alertly adjusted some things in the offseason, maybe the Scouting Report now has them and we're gonna have to make the next adjustment. Uh it it's an it's an interesting little situation because I, I think it's I think it's notable. I don't um I, I'm not gonna panic and say it means that this team's not any good or anything of that nature, but I do think it's it's notable. Um some of it, by the way, digging really deep gets into of all kind of weird things, like we couldn't hit our corner three for a while. Um, that seems that seems like a you know, weird one, but yeah, for like an eight-game stretch, we're shooting 33% instead of 40% on corner threes. Well, that, that suddenly ends up being you know, three to six points a game. And frankly, if it's three points a game, just one th- corner three a game, the margin we're talking about in your ratings it make a huge difference, right? If you suddenly are getting another three in a 90 possession game. You're getting four more points per hundred possessions and boom. Then next thing you know, you're not ranked 25th uh, anymore in those stretches. The show today is brought to you by Jamalto. Jamalto is a global leader in digital security, bringing trust to the increasingly connected world. They So these are ton of different technologies and services to business, governments, organizations, and they protect the identities and data. Keep, safe wherever they're found in personal devices, connected objects, network, cloud, and uh, and in between. Now, digging a little deeper on what Jamalto does and, and locally Dan Spence will do for you, is that instead of trying to protect the breach from happening, it's conceding that the breach is going to happen. That's where we are at this point. The numbers are really overwhelming. Dan can explain to you that. So then what you have to do is, okay, the breach is going to happen. Now I better be protected for when the breach happens. Uh, I've joked it's a little bit like the NBA now where when you can't hand check anymore. So now you know the guy's going to drive into the paint. You better make sure you got Rudy Gobert at the rim. And Jamalto and Dan Spencer, you're Rudy Gobert and they're going to do it, uh, with really interesting solutions that understand the modern digital life uh, and who you are and what can happen and all the various things can go wrong. You can create some of the problems yourself by by losing your phone or losing your computer or losing access, and they'll make sure that they have that protected uh, from there. So you're going to uh, do it in a three-step process that Dan will talk to you about uh, along the way. So call Dan Spence at 801-540-3024. That's 801-540-3024. 801-540-3024. So if we look at the Jazz offense, and you kind of check it out, um, the offensive rating, again, 104 is the magic number around the league. The Jazz over the last 15 games, the league's it, been higher, is 104 in the Jazz. Then they're 103.9, they're 102.2 the last five. So what's, what's happening there? Well, there seem to be a few different things as you dig into it. Uh, overall, just from a big-picture aspect, um, they it's interesting. Their offensive rebounding has increased, which I always thought was the one thing that might happen. Their assist-to-turnover ratio went way out of whack, uh, and that probably has a lot to do with George Hill. Last 15 games, they're 29th in the league at taking care of the ball, 28th in the last 10, 25th in the last five. So you're suddenly playing with backup point guards. Other guys have the burden, taking care of the ball more. Uh, that's part of it. In the last five games on this road trip, they didn't shoot well, partially due to last night's going to skew it a great deal. But the Jazz have been a top ten effective field goal percentage team. All of a sudden, in the last five games, is 28th in the league. Now, that partially is because last night was so bad. But that's that's really part of what's happened, is that now all of a sudden, just for a little period of time here, the ball's not going in the basket uh, quite the same way. Boston, as I said, they had a very, very uh, good game. And when you look at what – some of it makes sense when you start to look at the Jazz. So, Gordon is kind of your guaranteed 20-point-a-game scorer – amazingly, to his credit, he, that's what he's become. Now, George Hill's your next guy, and George Hill right now is at 18. We've had him back for two games, and I think anytime you play the second game back, it's probably too much to assume that he's going to be great in that second game back. And, and so you look at – and George Hill's at 18.5. I, you know I think that's going to be worth keeping an eye on. That's not a number that George Hill has done before in his career. And is he really going to be the second scorer on this team? His high previously is sixteen that year, in which there were a lot of guys missing in Indiana, and his, before that it was fourteen. But that's he's not been a a eighteen point a game scorer. Rodney Hood, who last year averaged fifteen points a game, was the guy that I think most of us anticipated would become that player, and that has not happened yet. Um, Rodney got derailed by the hamstring. And the sickness, and all of a sudden, in the third-year jump, he's got a career-low field goal percentage. He's got a career-low three-point shooting percentage. He's got a career-low effective field goal percentage. His free-throw attempts per 36 minutes are equal to really where they've been his whole career. He's got a career-low at the free-throw line. It's really strange. Uh, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Um, I do think it's I think unfortunately what's happened here for Rod is that he gets the hamstring issue he misses two games he comes back he has a nice game he gets the flu in Golden State and tries to kind of fight it back and and then goes you know has a 2 of 18 stretch 0 of 9 from 3 and I think it's off kilter now on the other end he has Back to back, pretty good games against Philadelphia and Phoenix. He goes over twenty again uh, against Philadelphia, which was only the second time he had done that since November nineteenth, and 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 then all of a sudden on that road trip, it was just just wasn't himself at all. Um, On the road trip, he shot twenty nine percent from the field, nineteen percent from three. He averaged one less rebound than usual, a little less assists. that, that was a strange, and I thought that that would be a sequence where he got himself going a little bit. Um, so, and I think, I hate, I, I. he's pretty important, right? I mean, you know, particularly with George has really played one game back and then had that second game back, Mike Conley had the same thing against us last time, that, you know, that's our second scorer, if we're not. Rod's the second score. If Rod's not rolling as a second score, and I've talked a lot about him having to go to the free throw line more, but you know this isn't about that. Um, then that then the offense is going to scuffle a little bit. Uh, the interesting one on Rod's shot chart is that he is he is just fabulous straightaway three. He's shooting fifty one percent straight down the barrel three. Incredible. Either angle, he's not. He's at 26% angle left and 29% angle right. Now, maybe that's too small a sample size, and you're hyper analyzing it. I don't know, but that seems funky to me that those catch and shoot numbers, which is are, on all likelihood catch and shoot numbers for him, are not better angle right and angle left. That's that's an area where. Last year, my memory is that angle right was kind of a sweet spot for him. That that leads me to believe positively that that's, that's an unnatural thing um, and should come back around. Angle left last year, he was at 38. Top of the key wasn't very good, and now he's hot from there. Angle right, he was 36. So he's just off a little bit. He also was brilliant last year from the left corner. That's kind of where he hit a huge amount of his shots. Um, the other one is just a question – of, you know, is there any reason? Have teams caught up to him? Is there a scouting report on him? I, I don't think so. Um, the only, you know, his catch and shoot game is 37% for three this year. His off the bounce game is 29%. So maybe the playing off the bounce into a three that he likes to do, he's doing it twice a night, is not as as solid as it was a year ago. Uh, might be some explanation, but it wasn't great a year ago either. It was 32.5%. Now it's down. So, I mean, he's just off by a little tiny bit right there. His catch and shoot uh, was 38% last year. So there there aren't these huge differences here, which leads me to believe that it, it circles back around. The You know, the disconcerting things you start looking at since the illness in the last 10 games, he's shooting 11% on those pull-ups and 32% on the catch-and-shoots. And so those numbers are – that's a considerable slip, and that 11% is, is not great. Um, and Quinn's really trying to get him going. You can see it that he's going. The other one was that a year ago, uh, early in the year on Rod, he had, a, he had a stretch where he really was just an open shooter. Uh, where if anybody was close to him, if you go back to last year, uh, then he really struggled to make some shots. And that has happened again, that unless he's he's really, really wide open, um, the numbers skew, and that's natural, right? But he had kind of crossed into this really cool territory of being able to make some contested shots. Um, and, and that's changed a little bit uh, as of late. But it's, you know, over the last 15 games – twenty games whatever number you want to take he's just it's not the it's not the rod that that we've known uh in the past and and that's probably to some extent what's happened a bit with this offense right now just because of how vitally important he is in regards to where the offense is coming from Derek's not a guy right now that I think you can go give the ball to and get points. George probably is a little bit, but they're just again the offense. The offense is, is an egalitarian offense because there aren't a lot of guys that are going to be one-dimensional guys, that, and so you're going to move everybody together and uh, find these opportunities and keep the ball moving, and hopefully somebody uh, opens it up for you. All right, that is my; those are my thoughts on uh, all of that. If you're going to head to a sporting event, a theater show, concert, or an NFL game, whatever, then the way to do it now is SeatGeek. You go pick up your phone your smartphone and just go to the app store and download the SeatGeek app it is absolutely terrific what SeatGeek has done is taken the ticket buying experience put it on your digital phone and made everything easier so number one the uh, thing it does is it compiles all of the tickets from all the different places around the area so you don't have to go search multiple sites. Two, you don't know the arena, maybe you're on the road, you're going to game, you don't know the arena great, you don't know where the good tickets are. It gives every ticket a ticket score. So you can then zero in on your mind, well I want to be lower bowl and I want to be between the end lines. Okay. Then you look in there which has the best ticket score and you grab that ticket. So now you know that you're getting a look at all the tickets available. You're getting the best purchase. And then it's secure on your phone as well. So that's why SeatGeek is revolutionizing what What's going on? Uh, but with the ticket world and how it's making things better for you, and how easy it is to use. So just do that. Then when you get the SeatGeek app, you just go to the uh, settings tab and enter in the promo code "ello jazz." After your first purchase, they'll send you a twenty dollar rebate. It's cool. It's a really it's a nice little system there for you. So it's great. Uh, you know, Cavs Jazz game coming up. Tough ticket to get. You can go to SeatGeek. NCAA tournament coming up in March in Salt Lake City. That's a great way to get your tickets. UCLA and Lorenzo Ball and the whole crew is coming to Utah on January 14th to play the Utes. That's one you can look at SeatGeek and see the tickets, and they'll give you the ticket score and look at where the difference are. Um, it's absolutely the best way to go get your tickets. Go to SeatGeek, download the app, promo code LOJazz. Uh I had another thing for you today. What do I have? Oh, upcoming schedule. I know I probably said one other thing. Look around the NBA. Upcoming schedule The Jazz entry. The Cleveland games can be great. Tickets are available. And then if they can get right here, they get got practice day and get themselves right. Uh, Detroit Friday, Orlando Saturday. At Phoenix, at Dallas, without rest being an issue. Home against Indiana. We're playing it back-to-back. I don't know what they're doing. Oklahoma City with a day's rest at Denver on a back-to-back, but we deal with that back-to-back better than most. Back home against LA, Memphis they'll have played the day before, two days off before Milwaukee and Charlotte. So we really could, and then we got to go back east quickly to Atlanta, New Orleans, and Dallas. Um, so we could have a funky little um, little chance to get a stretch going. Doesn't feel like it right now. The team doesn't feel like it's playing that great, um, but it's a chance. Uh, to kind of get things straightened out uh, and the schedule allows us to do it. And then really, uh, you know, if you're going to make your playoff push, it's probably the last three games before the All-Star break and then post-All-Star break really got to come out on, on fire and get it done. That is today's edition of Locked On Jazz here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you'd like to advertise on the program, you can email me at dlock 9 at com. We're filling up, what, about 60% fill rate for early parts of January and February, but you're welcome to... S- Jump aboard. That means we do have spots for you. DLock09 at gmail.com. Male audience between the ages of 18 and 54. So if that's what your company wants, it's a great place for you to advertise and earn that brand loyalty uh, with customers. Plus, make sure that you get tickets to Tuesday Night Jazz and the Cavaliers. Have a good day. It is Locked on Jazz, part of Locked on Podcast Network.